opposition to General Augusto Pinochet, Chile's long-ruling dictator, became his country's first elected president after the restoration of democracy in 1990. Taduts Mitsueki, a Catholic intellectual and a leader of the trade union Solidarity, became the first prime minister of post-communist Poland. We also interviewed bridge figures, leaders who straddled autocracy and democracy such as Aleksander Kwasniewski, a cabinet minister in Poland's communist government who was involved in the roundtable discussions that led to Poland's democratic opening. Later, as president, he helped build Poland's democratic institutions. Fidel Ramos, a high-ranking military official in the Philippines under the autocratic regime of Ferdinand Marcos, joined the opposition during the massive people power demonstrations in 1986. He later served as defense minister and then as the second president of the post-Marcos democracy. Although broader social, civil, and political forces played important roles, these leaders were key to their country's successful transitions. They helped bring authoritarian regimes to an end and built constitutional democracies in their place, institutionalized through regular, reasonably fair elections, combined with meaningful restraints on executive power and practical guarantees of essential political rights. And none of these transformations has been reversed. Democracy remains a work in progress in some of these countries, but the transitions fundamentally change the distribution of power and the practice of politics. Of course, there is no one-size-fits-all model for democratic change. Yet, past transitions do offer some broadly applicable lessons. Democratic reformers must be ready to compromise as they prioritize incremental progress over comprehensive solutions. They must build coalitions, reach out to some within the regimes they seek to overthrow, and grapple with questions of justice and retribution. And they must bring the military under civilian control. Those interested in building democracies from the ruins of dictatorships can improve their odds by following these best practices. Preparing the Ground A successful democratic transition begins long before elected politicians take office. The opposition must first gain enough public support to challenge the regime's capacity to govern and position itself as a plausible contender for power. Opposition leaders have to mobilize protests, denounce the imprisonment, torture, and expulsion of dissidents, and erode the regime's national and international legitimacy. This often requires bridging deep disagreements among the opposition about aims, leadership, strategies, and tactics. Most of the transition leaders we interviewed worked assiduously over time to overcome such divisions and build broad coalitions of opposition forces uniting political parties, social movements, workers, students, religious institutions, and key business interests around a common agenda. In Poland, the trade union Solidarity worked closely with student organizations, intellectuals, and elements of the Catholic Church. Brazil's opposition movement convinced industrialists in Sao Paulo to back its cause. In Spain, Opposition groups resolved many of their differences in the negotiations leading up to the Moncloa Pacts of 1977, where they agreed on how to run the economy during the transition.
By contrast, wherever the opposition fails to unite, the prospects for democracy suffer. In Venezuela, serious divisions over how confrontational to be toward the government have thus far prevented the opposition from taking full advantage of the regime's economic mismanagement. In Serbia, Slobodan Milosevic was able to rule in an increasingly authoritarian manner after taking power in 1989, thanks in part to the inability of the Serbian opposition to present a unified front. In Ukraine, the Orange Revolution of 2004 through 5 overturned an election result widely considered to have been rigged. But divisions among reformers then held back the further development of democratic institutions and the rule of law, leading to another decade of oligarchic rule and political corruption. Democratic opposition movements also need to build bridges with those who cooperate.